0: Jalen Warren tops Najee Harris as the Steelers' most explosive running back. We tell you what it means. Welcome to the Steelers Update from Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. The devaluing of the running back position in the NFL is playing out right before our eyes in Pittsburgh. In 2021, the Steelers spent the 24th overall pick in the NFL draft on the big-bodied, thick-thighed back out of Alabama. Najee Harris came to the Steelers with all the pedigree in the world. But unfortunately, he had a slipshod O-line in front of him, then suffered a Liz Frank foot injury during training camp last year. The result? has been all pedigree and potential, but far less in the way of pop. Sure, Najee has a nasty, stiff arm as displayed in his highlight reel runs that garnered him the Angry Runner of the Year award from the NFL Network during his rookie season. But as far as popping off game-breaking runs and taking the football to the house, Najee is not so much. Enter Jalen Warren, an undrafted 2022 training camp ad out of Oklahoma State. He proceeded to become the surprise of St. Vincent last year. He then took advantage of Najee's Liz Frank hobbling in the regular season to outshine the former first-round pick for much of 2022. Fast forward to this preseason, and I mean fast— And Warren's explosive 62-yard touchdown run versus the Buffalo Bills heralded another gear and another level for the Steelers' running game. As soon as Warren sped into the end zone, it ignited a Steelers Nation debate over who's the best running back in the berg. NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger was breathless in his praise of Warren. He gushed, quote, Jalen Warren might be the Steelers' best running back. I saw him last year, and he jumped off the page at me. He's the modern-day running back. Powerful, built compact, and looks like he can do anything you want a running back to do, unquote. If Warren is modern, Harris is the throwback. Warren is a game-breaker. Harris is a pounding plotter that harkens back to three yards and a cloud of dust. Now, both backs will be integral to the Steelers' 2023 offense. Harris will help turn over the down markers and run out the clock, but it will be Warren who could become the take it to the house scoring threat from anywhere on the field. That's not the only difference either. One was drafted in the first round. The other was signed off the street. No wonder supposedly elite running backs across the league often go begging when it comes to signing their second NFL contract. Right now, Jonathan Taylor is out there, helmet in hand, pleading for a team to part with a first-round pick to secure his services from the Indianapolis Colts. Don't hold your breath. There are no takers for Taylor, despite him being considered one of the league's top five runners. Ironically, the Steelers may use the league's running back conundrum to help sell Najee on a diminished role in the 2023 offense. Sure, Harris will remain the Steelers' starter. He is the RB1, as anointed by Matt Canada this week. But this is largely in name only. The workload split between Harris and Warren should be more even than ever. Pittsburgh radio personality and Post-Gazette columnist Joe Starkey predicts Warren will nearly double his percentage of of touches, from from 25% last season to over 40% in 2023. Starkey suggests the Steelers will tell Harris they're doing him a favor by dialing back his touches to around, quote, 250 or 270 touches. This after Harris had 313 touches in 2022 and a whopping 381 during his rookie campaign. After nearly 700 total touches since joining the Steelers, Harris's coaches can tell him they're preserving his mileage toward that second contract. In truth, Coach Mike Tomlin has never had a problem running his workhorse running backs until the wheels fell off. If Warren ups his touches from 105 last year to somewhere near the 200 mark this season, it's because he's the more explosive runner, not because the Steelers are trying to conserve nausea for a future deal that may never materialize. The crucial number here is yards per carry. Najee is stuck at a lackluster 3.9 yards per carry after two years with the Steelers. Warren put up a full yard on Najee in 2022, and if he continues to explode like he did versus Buffalo, the gap could grow to the point of embarrassment for the former first rounder. For now, the Steelers enjoy a one-two punch. Thunder and lightning. That's Najee and Jalen's nicknames, respectively. As Starkey writes, quote, They complement each other nicely. They're both versatile. They're both physical. I'd say Najee's built to take more of a pounding, and Warren has more speed. He showed something the other night against the Bills that Najee doesn't have. Breakaway speed. That was impressive. Unquote. Yes, Najee can still take over a game as he did down in Baltimore with a bruising 22 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown reception to win that game late in the season last year. But when any given carry could go to the house, courtesy of Warren, which back would you give the ball to? Well, here's what Kenny Pickett said. Quote, there are some guys who just have a knack for making plays, and Jalen is one of them, unquote. Hey, if Warren really is ex- as explosive as he showed against Buffalo, expect his number 30 to be called early and often, regardless of Harris's first-round pedigree. In today's NFL, running backs have become a means to an end. And as Warren showed us, the shortest distance to a touchdown is a 62-yard run. We have much more on the juggernaut Steelers who have been peaking in the preseason, along with the resulting Yinzer hype-sweeping Steelers nation at a fever pitch. But the question is, is this team for real? We dig deep for the answers in this Bandwagon edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my full print column, First Thing Thursday on Pen Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing the latest, greatest Steelers debates to life and to laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. Rookies are stepping up all across the Steelers lineup. No one has been more of a pleasant surprise than the undersized edge rusher, Nick Herbig. Herbig has been coming up big in the preseason, having taken tips from T.J. Watt and hailing from the same college. As Coach Mike Tomlin said, the Steelers love doing business with Wisconsin. And why not? These Badgers will be badgering QBs all season long. Here's how the Athletics' Mike DeFabo sizes up this meaner-than-ever Steelers' D for 2023 and the undersized Herbic's outsize impact on the pass rush and the Steelers' pass rushing depth. DeFabio writes, quote, The 6'2", 240-pound fourth-round pick is proving he's big enough to compete in the NFL, adding greatly to the Steelers' depth at the pass rush position. Top the Steelers' depth chart, Pittsburgh's pass rush features two of the league's more dynamic edge rushers. There's Alex Highsmith, who's evolved from a walk on at Charlotte and a third round pick in 2020 to a 14 and a half sack fourth, worthy of a big payday which he received earlier this offseason. And then there's TJ Watt, who is, well, TJ Watt. When healthy, Those two, and Cameron Hayward inside, helped the Steelers put more pressure on the quarterback than just about any other team in the NFL. However, last season, they learned a hard lesson about what happens when that pass rush disappears. When Watt tore his peck at the end of Week 1 over the Bengals, it set off a massive ripple effect throughout the entire defense that wasn't truly resolved until he returned. It is not hyperbole to say the Steelers were one of the NFL's worst defenses without Watt and one of the league's best with him. From weeks 2 through 8, these are the games without Watt, the Steelers ranked 27th in points allowed at 25.3 and 27th in takeaways with just 5. They were tied for the least sacks over that span with 8 And with quarterbacks having so much time to survey the field, the Steelers gave up the most passing plays of 20-plus yards with 32 during that span. Now, of course, this is just the preseason. But there is reason to believe the depth behind Watt and Highsmith will be significantly improved. Let's start with the rookie. Herbig recorded 2.5 sacks through his first two preseason preseason games and several more highlight-worthy plays. Those snaps against Buffalo show Herbie can be effective against starting-caliber offensive tackles and that he has the versatility to contribute on either side. Meanwhile, Marcus Golden hasn't had as much of a chance to show what he can do this preseason. He's played just 22 defensive snaps in the first two preseason games. But the 32-year-old does have a track record. Last year, he produced 20 QB hits and 25 hurries, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, the Steelers won't know for sure what they have until the season, the regular season, begins. But it certainly seems they are better prepared to handle an injury at edge rusher and have enough depth to give Watt and Highsmith a breather more often. So even though Herbic and Golden might be undersized by NFL standards, their impact on the Steelers roster will not go unnoticed, unquote. Hey, great stuff from the Fabo and the Athletic. And, of course, I always recommend going in for the full column. We just give you sort of a taste here. But, man, impact, impact. It's all about impact for these rookies and, of course, for the rising second-year players. And no one has been rising faster, at least in the preseason, than quarterback Kenny Pickett. So much so, the passer from Pitt has been trying to slow the roll, slow down the hype train that's already running full steam in Pittsburgh. For this, we turn to Mark Caboli with The Athletic, who talks about Pickett reminding everyone in the 412 area code and beyond that, hey, this is still the preseason, okay? Let's keep it in preseason perspective. Caboli writes this, Pickett mania has arrived in Pittsburgh, and it's doing nothing but picking up momentum. But maybe just a tad too early for Kenny Pickett's liking. Quote, It's preseason, man, the QB said during Monday's open locker room. Uh, session inside the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Quote, nothing counts, so it's kind of easy to remain motivated because we haven't done anything yet. Everybody understands that, unquote. Well, it would be understandable if even Pickett got carried away by his early success. He has as many incompletions, too, as touchdown passes and leads all quarterbacks with more than three attempts in passer rating at 149.1 the youngster still has his perspective dialed in. Quote, I'm not going to lie, it's been good, Pickett said. We've been keeping the offense basic, but we just want to keep executing the offense at the level we are. We just want to continue to do that until we get the full playbook. We have been very vanilla, and we are going to do that until it's time to go. We understand it is just the preseason, unquote. Even though the offense has enjoyed success, there hasn't been much in the way of scheming or game planning. Pickett and offensive coordinator Matt Canada called it vanilla, which makes you wonder what happens when the entire playbook is open and there is a bona fide game plan. Will Canada revert to last year's late season success and run the ball, play defense, and let Pickett win it at the end? Or will Pickett play a conservative style fearing turnovers, unquote. Hey, that's a good question posed by Kaboli. I mean, we haven't seen nothing yet. And of course, nothing. none of those questions can be answered right now. It remains to be seen in the regular season. For now, though, there is one more preseason game to play and don't discount it. So says Caboli, who concludes his column thusly. Quote, quote, the Steelers starters will likely see some limited time Thursday against the Atlanta Falcons. It could go a long way toward determining what kind of start they get off to during the regular season. Ending the preseason with three dominant performances might not sound so important, but it would be for a team that averaged less than two touchdowns per game last year. Unquote. So, yeah, the preseason doesn't count, but it kind of does, especially when you're uh, full of second-year players trying to build off of a, a nice ending to last year. But what about another rookie? Let's grade out Joey Porter Jr. Hey, he made a heck of a Steeler's splash with an interception in his first preseason action versus Buffalo. Porter's pick got all the hype and the highlight reel, but what about his performance the rest of that night? For answers, we turn to Adam Bittner, who went over Porter's grades from Pro Football Focus before penning this about the rookie corner from Penn State. Bittner writes in the Post-Gazette, quote, The PFF scouts liked more than the rookie's first interception in his NFL de- debut Saturday against Buffalo. His coverage grade of 71.3 was the team's second best among defensive backs on the strength of just three targets on 17 coverage snaps he intercepted one and he limited the other two uh, to two receptions for 29 yards he also did a nice job of tackling after the catch allowing just six yards after the catch total on those two catches that he did allow it was a similar effort to what we saw from him frequently at penn state Opponents tended not to challenge him too much, and he did a nice job of blanketing opposing receivers. Of course, that limited his opportunities for interceptions, and that lack of proven big playability was the primary knock on him during the draft process. So it was a good sign he was able to answer those critics by both sticking to his game during his debut and capitalizing on a bad throw to Matt Barkley. Now it's just a matter of proving he can provide similar efforts week after week once the regular season begins. And if Porter can, he'll be the upgrade fans have been hoping for at the cornerback position and possibly a long-term piece of this Steelers defense. Hey, great stuff. And let's face it. I mean, Porter was basically a first-round pick. I mean, he was picked 32 in 2023 by the Steelers. That was the top of the second round because one of the first-round teams got uh, knocked out. They lost their pick. But really, he was a first-round pick. And this, what we're seeing, is the path Porter Jr. should be on in Pittsburgh. A path toward starting, a a path toward proving he can cover and blanket guys, and a path toward... Making the big play when it comes to him, as that errant pass did in his first preseason action. And of course, the road to the regular season, when it all counts, continues Thursday night in Hot The Steelers play their final preseason game versus the Falcons, and all eyes will be on the action as the Steelers look to finalize their roster, make the cuts, uh, d- determine winners in some key battles, and prepare for their. First home season opener in a decade versus the San Francisco 49ers. This is the first time they're opening the season at home in about 10 years. It's getting real, guys. Can you feel it? It's coming, the regular season, when it all counts. And, of course, we're going to cover every minute of between now and then right here on your Steelers Update podcast. So get the podcast wherever you get your audio Sign up for it so you get it automatically fresh every Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.